Wow, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to something new right now. So we are here, we have something called Stump Sessions, a new piece of content that we're putting together right now. But here, here's your host. Jeff is here, Jeff Kravitz is here, the CEO of Stump, and I got a great friend of mine, but an awesome, passionate teacher. My man, Jordan Barback, that's been teaching at Great Neck for the past few years, and we're happy to have you. Jordan, what do you say, kid? Oh, it's a pleasure to be here, man. I've been, I've been waiting to get on the mic with you for a long time, dude. I've been watching what you do, and I just love every second of it. So I'm honored that you have me. Bro, to have you to be the first one, come on. Let, let's set the story straight. This is, this is born to be right now. This is great, man. I love this. So look, I mean, just to give some people some background here. So me being at Port Chester, you did a leave replacement there, and then you went on your merry way. But look at you now. Three I, years I, in, feeling like a champion. What what do we got? I feel great, dude. Um, I, I don't know how much of this you know. I changed careers, so my original start or what I majored in in college for undergrad was music for music business, and part of that <laughs> was interning at Motown Records, Def Jam Records, um, Universal Distribution, and wanting to change the music industry. Wait a minute, hold on. Yeah, man. Def Jam. The Def Def Jam. Jam. The, the Def Motown. Jam. The Motown. Yeah. How am I finding out about this right now? <laughs> <laughs> I, this oh my is, God. Yeah, man. Yes. Okay. That's what it was. I went to Northeastern. Um, I, you know, I did my, my time there. And my, my internships were at Def Jam Records and A&R. So I was working underneath Karen Kwok, who was like the SVP of A&R. And um, I worked alongside what? Shakir Tricky Stewart. Um, who was the president at that time. These are like big league people, bro. Dude, I, when, when L.A. Reid came by and said hi to me, I was like, everything <laughs> rocked. You know what <laughs> I mean? I was like, you're a legend. <laughs> and I got stories from that place for days. Now, I, I'm, I'm, that sounds like the dream gig. Mm. But now, fast forward, yeah. you're standing in front of a classroom teaching biology. Yeah. Life takes turns, man. This is this is my. You could call it my fifth career. You know, it's how how do we go from Def Jam Records, yeah, to the front of the classroom, dude? It was. Listen, I gotta give it to my parents. Like their their patience and their support has been unreal. You right, know, right. It was. We right. sat down one night when I was in high school and we're like, I dream of working in music, but I'm so passionate about sports psychology and athletic training do i take you know a partial scholarship to play soccer study athletic training and sports psychology mm-hmm. or do i just go big time and uh you know and, and pursue music right they said they said go for your dream we're 100 behind you it was an incredible experience the people who i met during that time were just unreal um but you you know that at 2009, 2010, Napster, LimeWire, the industry tanked, and it was just, I had to get out. It's it's remarkable to hear you make such a, I don't want to say, I mean, a leap of faith, right? You make those decisions that, listen, you hope this works out, but the classroom? How? Come on. Okay. Let let me, what what makes you tick? (laughs) What makes you tick to get into that classroom every single day when you were at Def Jam? 
it, I stumbled upon it. You know, it was, it was a couple of my mentors just having conversations with me. I've been coaching soccer. I played soccer in college, been playing soccer since I was two years old. Okay. I've been coaching since I was 12. Started with special needs students, worked all the way up to, to coaching uh, college soccer. So this is the little seed that was planted. That was it, man. Um, so basically when I was in transition after my time of, I ran a sports performance facility for kids mm -hmm. for year, two years um, and loved it, but it, it wasn't my calling. So I met with one of my mentors and he's like, you're a coach. You're a coach by, by nature come into the classroom and you'll see that it just translates effortlessly. And I was, I was floored, dude. Like I stepped into the classroom and I always say this to people, it's coaching with walls. Wow. So what, what was that experience that really made it click for you to be happy in the position that you're in, that you, that you're all right with being in the classroom? What was that experience? Watching, watching one of my other mentors, Courtney, she was also a coach. Mm -hmm. And watching her class as she interacted with her students was just, it was so eye-opening because it's casual yet supportive um, and, and yet draws all this information out from these kids. And you can see them being locked in. And it was just, you know, it... it that was, you know, the light bulb that went off in my head. I was like, this is where I'm supposed to be. You know, that, that phrase right there, this is where I'm supposed to be. People don't say that often. And the more teachers that I talk to say, I'm, I'm supposed to be here. And I, I don't know, I don't know what it is, man, but I got to find out from you. When you were when you first stepped into that classroom, what was that memorable experience that you said to yourself, "All right, this is it. Something had to happen." I'm trying to remember if it was something, and part of who I am as an athlete always expects more. It's, mm. Perfection is perfection is something you strive for every day, but in the back of your mind, it's something that you know that you can't reach. So you want to be as perfect as, as you can be every single day, every single time you step onto a field, every time you step into a classroom. So for me, it's, it was never good enough being in front of a classroom. It was like that lesson went really well, but like could have gone better. Right. Right. So you know, just it's to so, hear. Go ahead, go ahead. So funny you say that my mom's a teacher as well. She always says from day one, you're working with a live audience. Every single day. So a day that you think, oh, I'm going to crush this lesson. Boom. Yeah. You're, you're crashing and burning. Yep. But it, no matter what, you're, you're gonna, you got to work your craft. Yeah. Working that craft that you know that, all right, at the end of the day, when I'm in this room, it's just us. And you capitalize on whatever moments you have to make the best experience for not only you, but at the end of the day, most important, the kids. My first job out of college was a personal trainer at Equinox. That's what got me into this whole science and biology Equinox. part of it. Equinox, it's a big oh, voice. It was awesome, <laughs> love it, love it. I used to say, as soon as you walked into that door, you're on stage. Hmm. So leave whatever you had behind you, because you're on stage, just, you know, people, eyes are on you, you're a trainer, you're wearing the Equinox badge, like, this is it. And it's the same thing in the classroom. 
you know, that that's a really good point. So I want to, when you're saying that each moment you're in the classroom or you're walking into Equinox, you got eyes on you. So at the end of the day, you got to lead by example, right? And things that you don't even know you're doing are being seen and digested and repeated. So in your experience, have you felt that you've had to hold things back or act differently or do the right thing in front of others or talk to them? How do you, how do you make sure that you're being received the right way? And that just comes with time. That comes with people. You know, I've had tremendous support from my department chair or from my colleagues who just come into class and they, they sit there and they give me pointers. Did you realize mm-hmm. that you were saying it this way? Did you realize that you do this with your hands when, you know, when you're answering a question? So they've been really good about giving me just tons and tons of feedback to digest as a new teacher. But that was probably the biggest thing was that eyes are on you even when you don't know that they're on you. Because kids are, are sponges, man. They absorb anything and everything, especially when they feel a, a connection with, with you as a teacher. You know, they, they want to not emulate you, but they want to take what they love about you as a person and they want to kind of almost make that their own, which is just so cool to begin Damn. with. Damn. But, you know, you're, you have to be aware of your actions. And coming from a coaching background to being a teacher, you know, there are some tweaks that have to be made, whether yeah. it's the way you yeah. address certain things or discipline or, you know, the way you structure the way you speak. Wow. I, that's, Jordan, that's powerful, dude. Really, for you to say, like, no matter what, you you are setting the example and students subconsciously or consciously are going to emulate that. So it's monumental to be aware of the power that you have as, a, as an educator. Oh, completely. Right? Because, bro, me and you both have walked by certain rooms and have heard some things that you're like, what? No, that can't be going on in there. You know, so if I, if I could take a moment to just backtrack for a minute, because all of us want to inspire our kids, right? right? You want to give the best experience to them. You want to make them better. Have you ever had an experience that a student taught you something? Maybe something oh, bigger than content? Oh, we completely. And I think that's the, that's the best part about teaching is that it's, you're not sitting up there lecturing, you're exchanging. And I think that gets lost a lot with teachers is that they see themselves at the front of the classroom, just giving out information. But really when you build a relationship with someone, no matter who it is, whether it's a a friend, a significant other, a parent, a a stranger on the street, you're exchanging something. Any relationship that's one-sided, we all know never really works out, especially a relationship you're trying to control. We all know the more you try to hold on to something, the, the quicker it slips out of your fingers. So when you can, wow, when you, <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> oh. too much, too much. No, bro, Jordan, this is why this is, this is exactly why you are who you are as a teacher, as a man. And that I cannot thank you enough for being on 
this new platform that we're providing teachers to just really like air it out, you know, allow yourself to come full force. And just this, this is what it is. And I just appreciate your honesty a thousand percent. Really. The honor is mine, dude. Come on. You know how much I admire you and your teaching. There's nothing that you would not do for your kids. And I, I just, are we, are we the minority of that? Or do you, or do you believe that teachers will do what they need to do? That's such a, that's such a tough question. I know. I know. I wrestle with it. I wrestle with it constantly. That's because you look at, you look at the, at the teachers that were, that you see like born to teach that are supposed to be there. And these guys will do it. They'll die in the classroom. Right. 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 40, 50 years. You know what I mean? Right. Right. But it's, it's difficult that you see some of the, you know, you could say that some of the older teachers, not older in terms of age, but older in terms of they've been doing this for so many years mm-hmm. that sometimes it gets lost, you know, and they're, and they're stuck with making sure that their kids pass the exam at the end of the year and making sure that, you know, their, their kids are on the right path. Mm-hmm. And there's no doubt in my mind that they want what's best for their kids, but we both know there's a way of there's, there's delivering information and then there's delivering information. Right, right, right. You right. know, inflection changes everything. <laughs> so it's just, I, I think that gets lost after years of repetition. Remember, you'll teach the same curriculum for 30 plus years as a teacher. And I mean, crazy to think about to begin with. But it, you're right. It gets, you get stale, you know, and I think it's, it's monumentally important to, to keep, to keep modeling and to keep mastering your craft, right? Like it's an art. You know, one thing that I, I learned is no matter what happens, last period's lesson is not going the same as the next period of lesson. It, it, it will not happen. It not will not happen. So, you know, to double back and you were saying like, it's an exchange. I got a, I got a quick story for you, bro. I oh, love this. Come so on. I was thinking about this today and I was like, you know what? I haven't told many people this. So I thought I'd, I'd time and place, right? Do it, man. So my second year, now I teach a predominantly ENL population from majority South America. And I'll never forget, we ended the lesson. I'm a second year. I don't know nothing, right? Second year, you think you're a mag daddy under control. Right. No. No, it's a disaster from start to finish. <laughs> First year, second year, it's a disaster. Making your way through but, it. Yeah, you think, no, looking back, atrocious. It's awful. But there's one experience that I remember the most. I remember I finished the lesson, and I look out, and kids are chatting around, whatever. We're hanging out the last three minutes, five minutes of class. And the student, two students were tracing the globe. So I'm like, all right, let me, let me inquire. Let me inquire. Let me find out what's going on. So naturally, I just approached them. What's going on, guys? What are we looking at here? And this kid went on to tell me, it's like, he goes, Kravitz, I don't know how I made it here. And I said, what are, you, what, what are you talking about? He's like, I want to show you something. And he took my hand and traced his journey from Guatemala to Texas. And he said, oh, Kravitz, you know what I had to do? I had to sell mangoes on the street to ride my horse up and up and up and up north. 
and then and then period ends. What now? How do I how do I go back and say the regions? Right. It it changed everything about my philosophy of like what matters most. And I think you know what matters most. Tell what what matters most is what. Kids want to be heard, they want to be understood, and they want to be accepted. Those are those connections, dude. The relationships. And to this day, the reason why I bring this story up is to this day, the student's brother I had this year graduated. And I'll never forget when his brother came to the school. He was a freshman, spoke no English, and he was accompanied by his whole group of siblings. And they walked him out to senior day because his parents were still in Guatemala. So like you see, like it's bigger. There's it's bigger than the content and the relationships that you build are forever lasting. Completely. It's, it's really just like changed my perception of the power that we have. Like you said, no matter what you do in the classroom, you're going to be seen. You're I always ask seen. my friends this. I I'd go, they're like, they're like, what are you doing in the classroom? You know what I mean? And they're like, why do you teach? Stuff like that. And I ask him this question right back at him. And I go, think back to high school. Think back to middle school, for, you know, elementary school. How much of what happened in the classroom do you actually remember? Mm. You're like, what, what are your fondest memories about high school? They're like, oh, I did this with my friends. This was, you know, my, my favorite teacher was, was such and such, you know. And they give all these examples, but not one was like, I learned what osmosis was. <laughs> you know what I mean? Bro, the movie Osmosis Jones. Yeah, come on. Was a classic. <laughs> but real talk, to you say to when you think back and you think about what you learned or what you remember, you remember teachers. Right. Right? You don't remember osmosis. And why do you think we remember the teachers more than the content? when you connect with a teacher, with someone who, you know, you could say that you're supposed to look up to them because they're an authority figure, they're an adult, they're wiser than you, they know this information, but we all know that there are some teachers out there that we did not look up to. Yeah. But when you finally connect with an adult on that magnitude who really can impact your life, it's just, there's something that's ingrained in your mind. And the teachers that I had in high school, I'm so fortunate to say that they are now mentors because when I connect with um, her name, I mean, her first name is Kathy. I don't want to use last names. When I connect with Kathy or I connect with Eamon, um, or it just, it just changes everything. And I still hold these bonds so tight that we would still go to lunch. We would still, you know, uh, right, hang out right. on the weekends, you know, as an adult, it's, just it's just so so different you know that that hits because just reconnecting with teachers in the past and the you know the the root of it all they just cared yeah they cared about not not the whole all right this is the whole class i care about my content i care about what i do they cared about the individual yeah. and it didn't matter if i was missed an assignment, missed this, missed that. They just allowed 
need to be heard. And I think you bring that up the best when you say like kids want to be valued. Of course. You know, and I hope we're not the minority, man. That's what scares me. Yeah. It does. The rules rules that the state puts on about, you know, these requirements and that requirements. It's, it's tough changing curriculum. You know, when you change from core curriculum to NGSS, you change from, you know, the old ways to the news ways. It's, you're adding more hoops to jump through, but the core value of, of, of the student still needs to stay the same. And there's got to be some time built into those relations or to making those relationships that, you know, will re- that really do make such a difference. I mean, I'll be the first one to tell you that I went through a dark time in high school, like Uh-oh. real dark. Whoa. Oh yeah. It was, it was not easy. And if you don't yeah. mind, if you don't mind me asking, if you want to be completely candid, what, what, what went down? What happened? No, there was some serious depression, some serious kind of ADHD issues that I was battling with. Why couldn't I do this? Where was my motivation to do that? Um, it was it was super super dark, and I had no outlet except for sports. Until until that teacher Kathy that I was talking about before, she said, "Write a little bit," and she put me on to put me on a deaf poetry jam. If you remember that. Wow. That was, and that was back in the day. So that's real. I started writing spoken word. And what I wrote was so dark. And I go back up to her years later and I'm like, why, you know, I asked her like, why didn't you tell somebody that, you know, I needed help or that she's like, she's like, I saw you and you were just, it was just a time in your life that you needed to release something. She's like, I knew you would have been fine. Mm. Damn, she just needed a little support. And she was, she was an incredible, incredible teacher support. So powerful. Because you think it back, you don't have the conscious to, at that point that you have now no. to really put it into perspective. You're, you're a kid. And God forbid, dude, what if Kathy wasn't there? Hmm. You've no idea how kids can manifest all this stuff, man. It only takes one. It only takes one teacher to say for one time, everything okay? Come to this club after school. And to listen. Not just to ask, but to listen. Right. And we all know that we walk by somebody in the hall. It's very commonplace, you know, especially in New York to be like, hey, how are you? And just keep walking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? (laughs) But you stop dead in your tracks and you ask a kid and kids are always honest. You ask a kid in the eye how they're doing, you'll get an honest answer. Big time. Big time. And that's, that's what I love about our job because it allows us to be in a position to have the open forum. Listen, I could end my class period 15 minutes early and be like, all right, let's check in right now. How's everybody doing? You know, speaking of the current times right now, coronavirus, the racial like unrest that's going on. One thing when the coronavirus was hitting, I was like, this is, this is, uh, this is scary. And I'm going to bring this up to my class. I'm going to, I'm going to change what I'm doing. History. Nah, this is, let's look back. Let's see how history collides here and give them the opportunity to guys. What do you guys feel about this? Is this something that we should be addressing as a nation? Is it something that, you know, out of sight, out of mind, but having that opportunity just for us to listen of like, 
what do you guys feel right now? What are your ideas? It's, it's something that doesn't happen often. I don't think, man. No, it needs to happen more. If it, if it does happen, it needs to happen more often. You There's know, more to the, the student, man. You're right. Uh, You're part right. Of the, when we made this transition to, to distance learning, we, we would submit assignments that would be diary entry, checking in and tell us how you're doing, what's going on. That's where it's at. And I'll tell you, man, some of these students, what they wrote, it just, it rips your heart out. Give me a snippet. What, what were some kids saying? Oh, some kids were like, I'm scared. I'm scared for my life. I'm scared for my family's life, my family's safety. There are people around oh. me who aren't taking precautions to make sure they don't spread it. Um, you know, it's, I'm just anxious every day. I don't know what to expect or I'm having trouble keeping up with my work. And at the same time, there's this virus that we don't know anything about. It's they fear the unknown. It's like why kids are so scared of the dark. They don't know what's behind the darkness. And I think that translates so heavy to, to what goes on in our lives. It's, it's a really scary thought. If I, if I was a senior in high school right now, to think about like, this is one of the biggest moments of a senior's your life, right? You're graduating high school and you don't know how to pinpoint this feeling. You don't know how to pinpoint this, this disease. And for a student to just write so candidly to the teacher, I'm scared. Yeah. And at that point, what, what, what can you do? That's the question, right? I mean, especially from a distance, like what can you do? Exactly. You, you feel like your hands are tied, but I think it really, it really hones in on that idea of just listen. Yeah. You know, as much as it resonates with this student to write a diary entry, that's you 20 years ago, spoken word. Completely. Completely. Right. And that, that alone is like, whoa. Because everyone, every kid, every person needs an outlet. It doesn't matter how good it is. You know what I mean? The, the spoken word, it could have been crap for all I remember. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> who's, this, who's this little Jewish kid trying to, right. trying to write rhymes? You know what I mean? What is this? <laughs> right, right. right. <laughs> but for, for you, you needed it. Oh, yeah. You just, yeah. You just didn't know, which is... You just got to be thankful, man. You just got to be thankful. Because there's certain times that you you don't know who you're going to have as a teacher, if that teacher is going to look out for you. It's all very in their hands. You know what I mean? It, it, it Naturally, you lead into someone's help, you would hope. And I think, there's, I think there's another side of it as well, where as teachers, we're consistently the center of attention. We're upstanding. We're standing... Mm-hmm in front of 30 kids who are sitting completely in their line of sight. So I think it also takes us toll that we, we almost think that we are the center of attention in that instance. Mm. And so when you have a conversation with kids, it's so easy to dominate and be like, Oh, my weekend was great. You know, this is what I did. Right. How was yours? Now you got 30 voices screaming at you. You're like, well, all right, let's move on. And you didn't hear any one of them. And 45 minutes are gone. Oh, my God. And we're 40 minutes. So it's like, <laughs> it's just so much less. So it's, 
I try when I get into the classroom to find at least one or two students a day, take two minutes a student, three minutes a student, you know, while everyone's settling in, pulling their notes out, stuff like that, and just connect. How's your, how are your piano lessons going? You know, what, what are your college applications looking like? You know, I know you love to cook. What'd you make over the weekend? You know, it's, it's finding those strings to pull at the right time that just, that just lock a student in and they don't even know it. It's, I cannot applaud you enough, dude, seriously, because that right there, if you have the student by that string, right, and you need them to come to extra help review, or you need someone to go sell tickets for the, for the carnival, those kids are going to ride for you. Those kids will stand for you no matter what. And if you have that support system as a kid, you know this person's going to listen to you, hear you, feel you, that is what sets apart the teachers that you remember from high school and the teachers that you don't. Sometimes it's as simple as that. You know, your kids will ride for you and, and the reassurance that you'll ride for them. Right, right, right. You know, I was thinking about this this morning. In, your, in this experience that we have, we have so many opportunities to, you're on, you're off, you're, you walk through the door, you don't even sit down when you walk through the classroom. But there's one thing that I always take the time to reflect on. No matter what happens, no matter what, each day is a clean slate. You, there could be a time you had a horrible day, you had kids that disrespectful, bad days, this or that, bad lesson, don't matter. The next day, you leave all that baggage at the door. Yep. Right? And for, we might be the only constant in that child's life. Because they go home, who knows what the home life is like. But when they walk in and eight ten, and it's room 236, we're ready to rock and roll. And they know we're on. What happened yesterday is dead. That's done. Right. And people don't have that. And that's, that's sad. So it drives me. And I know, listen, like mine's drives you to keep that engine going every single day, every single day. Well, it goes both ways because you're also, remember, they're also, you know, your backbone here. So right. when you had right. a bad day, you know, you, oh, you got into a right. fight with your significant right. other. I mean, come on. <laughs> This, the kids are the first ones to say a joke. I, I've had kids leave notes on my desk because our kids are allowed into our office. Cool. I've had kids, I leave post-it notes on my desk. Kids come and they write these post-it notes and we're like, hey, hope you're doing okay. I saw that you yeah. look like there was something was on your mind at the beginning of the period. And I'm just like, I, I need to do a better job shaking that off because I'm supposed to be their rock, but now they're my rock. It's that, damn, oh. that's powerful. Dude, I think, I, think, I think a lot of students forget that we're human. Oh, yeah. I'm not a robot that walks in and just, hello, everybody. It's, uh, it's, there's emotions. There are things. There are baggage. And for a student to really reach out to you and say, hey, bar back. Hope everything's cool. You know, I hope you're doing well. That shows a key word that kids miss today. People, kids, people my age, parents, empathy. Just care, just caring about someone else. That's so huge, man. You know, so right. it's it's and that's you can't teach that. 
it, it's so hard because really the greatest amount of empathy will come out when you care about someone. Mm. You know, it's so hard to empathize with someone who you don't really share a connection with. You meet a stranger on the street, unless that act has actually happened to you, it's very difficult to step outside yourself. How many times you walk through New York City, somebody like trips, you know, and you just keep on walking your direction, you know, unless you're like, whoa, that happened. You know, I remember that happening to me. Are you okay? What's going on? Unless they're really hurt, you know? Yeah. It's, It's so difficult to to reach out to someone that you might not necessarily know. But if you feel that connection, it's almost second nature. You feel that other person's pain. That's that. I wish, I wish, I hope, I mean, you hope to teach that in the class by being right. Right. But that's why our job's so important. That's why our job is so important, dude. And I, I cannot thank you enough because this has for me, this podcast situation has been so overdue for me because I had to, life happens, but this right here, there is nothing I value more than the relationships you build like this one right here. I'm so serious, bro. I, I, I just appreciate you beyond words because you wear your heart on your sleeve and that's hard to come by these days. We work together. We, we barely even work together. You're in social, uh, you know, I'm in science. <laughs> like we barely, even <laughs> we barely even like spoke, you know what I mean? It was like, right, but you right, know that right. as soon as you meet that, oh, yeah, I love that guy. He's here now. He's, he's chilling. Come here. What's up? You good? <laughs> he's mad at you. You can't pull away from the mic. I know. He just now he's like, dude, forget you. <laughs> but to I like, to, to connect with someone that quickly and that easily, you know, just, it's it's supernatural. I cannot thank you enough, man, for sitting down today because what you do day to day in the classroom, I know those kids are in good hands, man. For real. Right. For it, real. It both ways, man. What what you do and how you do it. I you know, I said it while introducing you to, to some colleagues. There is nothing that you won't do for your kids and and what you already do for your kids is admirable. So listen, you've taught me so much as a new teacher of how to put myself out there and just the extremes that you can go and make an impact. I remember you dressing up and teaching, you know, um, you were teaching something where you were no matter what, decked no matter out. what, bro. In any, in any situation, if I can engage, I'm going to do it in any way possible. That's it. I man. just, dude, I can't thank you enough because for this new wave of content stump sessions, to have teachers of all different backgrounds, experiences, schools, there's one, one root emotion. It's passion. And I tip my hat to people like you, bro, for real. So I hope, I hope we could pick this up again down the line at any point. I feel like you're accessible. You name the time. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> summer break gotta love it dude this has been great dude this has been great all right so to just to outro this for the first time but not the last time stump sessions is not going anywhere all teachers students soon we want to be able to find out there's more than just the person in front of the classroom this is your host jeff kravitz here ready to rock <laughs>